is good Bruin Bible listeners it is your host Will Decker we got to get a sponsor in before we start this episode it's bet online bet online is your number one source for all your basketball info stats news and scores get the latest odds and lines and the latest matchup reports for this year's NBA playoffs bet online is your sports intel headquarters this season as we have you covered for your insider sports wagering needs from basketball, Major League Baseball, NHL, hockey, golf, to UFC and boxing. The fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your home. Make sure you check out Bet Online. Get into the action today. So head to the website or use your mobile device to join and be sure to use your promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Now to the Bruin Bible. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. A Monday evening edition of your Bruin Bible. Look at this guy to my right, Mr. Jamal Maddie, coming fresh from a UCLA dinner, man. Talk, talk to me. What's going on, Mad Man? It's good to see you as always. Yo, brother, great to see you. I feel like I'm, I'm dressed differently than our normal attire. You know, I don't have my my backwards cap on and, and an LAFB shirt on, but, you know, back actually from the, the beautiful campus of UCLA with, uh, with having dinner with some administrators, excited to actually uh, present at uh, UCLA South Bay, the new glorious uh, extension of UCLA's campus down in Rancho Palos Verdes this weekend with uh, some students as, as part of a summer program. So, Always excited to, to be connected with UCLA and just each and every day, this glorious university makes an incredible impact on, on the lives of young people. So it's always just such an honor to, to, be, uh, to be part and associated with this school. Man, such an honor to be associated with the great UCLA. And we got some fresh news, man, a new commitment. I really wanted to push for the podcast tonight after we heard the news. We got a huge corner commitment in Jameer Benjamin, yes. four-star talent, according to ESPN. And the talent's there, man, 5'10", 170. But I just want to say, I don't think I've heard more of a books and ball type of player than this guy from the early interviews that I heard about him deciding to UCLA. He was actually posed the question today about why UCLA. And Matt, man, I know you're going to love this answer. So the first thing he said was the academics. Uh, they have good academics, and I got to get a closer vibe with the coaches. I talked to Jordan Anderson a little bit, and he likes it up there. This is all from the article from Alan Triu on 24-7 Sports. Go check that out about Jameer Benjamin's commitment. Matt, man, he's got the book side of the thing, but boy, does he have the ball too, man. A former Northwestern commitment. This guy had offers from Michigan, Penn State, Tennessee. You know, some of the big dogs for you know with, around the country – and most importantly, I think the thing we got to talk about is we just plucked another Big Ten country player to come to UCLA heading out to Los Angeles. Talk to me about your initial impressions on Jameer Benjamin, because I'm freaking stoked we got this guy for UCLA. 
Thriller, I mean, it's it's a match made in heaven there. Obviously, four-star on the field and, you know, looking for that holistic experience. I thought it was fascinating, his comments, both, you know, in the written word as well as through interviews where he was fully on board with Northwestern. Unfortunately, the things that have been playing out at Northwestern with coach, uh, former coach Pat Fitzgerald and, and the issues there, and he alluded to it in his, his decommitment just a few days ago where kind of the chaos and the confusion associated with Northwestern is what really opened the door for him to open up his recruitment. And when you look at the alignment between UCLA and Northwestern in terms of academics, now moving forward in terms of the Big Ten pedigree, in terms of the national brand and that overall experience, it made all the sense in the world. And these are the kinds of guys to your point, Will, that, that Chip Kelly resonates with. And on the field, you know, this guy's going to be a stud and he's going to have an opportunity to come in. You and I have talked in detail about this secondary unit, what our expectations are for this year. Uh, but there's going to be some significant turnover after this year going into 24. And Jameer Benjamin has an opportunity with his on-the-field pedigree to come in right away and compete for a significant playing time. And I think in this world now of... You know, next year is going to be so interesting, Will, where the team is going to transition from this quarterback-happy Pac-12 to more of a traditional Big Ten style, where obviously you've got the big offenses vertically like Ohio State, but then you've got so many run-first offenses in Michigan and Wisconsin. And so I think you're going to be starting to look for defensive backs that are more bump-and-run and more physical and when you look at Jameer Benjamin's tape, he fits that mold really well. I think he was kind of the ideal Fitzgerald kind of corner, get in your face, bump and run, kind of cover those decorated five-star guys from Ohio State and Michigan. And now you bring him over to the beloved Bruins, and I think there's going to be a huge impact. So love the alignment here, both, both on the field and off of it. He actually reminds me of a guy we got to interview at the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, former Northwestern guy himself. Greg Newsom, former first-round yes. pick of That's the Cleveland Browns. You know, similar size, similar playing style. And, you know, the, the report on him and what I saw on film, a guy that rarely gets beat, always in the right place, making plays. He kind of had that Alex Johnson feel to you. And, you know, you like guys that are just always in the right place at the right time. That's what it looked like from Jameer Benjamin on tape. So I'm very, very thrilled about this guy coming through. Madman, there's a couple other recruits that we're going to talk about, too, coming to UCLA. But I want to get your take, man. Our class right now, as it stands, has around eight to nine players. Let me see the exact total. Yeah, we got about nine to ten recruits coming in for UCLA, four of which are offensive linemen, a couple linebackers, a couple DBs. So a couple four-star DBs with Dunbar Hawkins and now our guy – that just committed today, Benjamin. What other positions would you like to see addressed for UCLA uh, into the 2024 class? You know, Will, it's a great question. And, and I think I love what I'm seeing Chip do here, where offensive line, he's looking at defensive back, he's looking at some other areas. Let's look at this question the other way. Where does Chip have tremendous success in the transfer portal? Well, he's got tremendous success at running back, at wide receiver, at linebacker. You know, that's usually the guys that he, I think, feels very comfortable given UCLA's strategy, their proximity to certain talent, where they're going, Chip's own schematic style. I think running back, wide receiver, linebacker 
are areas where he feels like he can use the transfer portal very effectively. So what does that leave you with? That leaves you with the, the positions we just mentioned, but I see him also as going into that defensive line and kind of looking at that as being a more traditional recruiting pipeline because there's that opportunity to develop players physically, mentally into the type of defensive linemen that Chip really favors, which are kind of the faster guys, the guys that have, you know, a quick motor off the edge, a little bit more agile and nimble. And then, of course, every once in a while, if you get the likes of a Dante Moore and you have that, you know, kismet-like connection with, you know, you're going to go and, and sort of recruit hard there. But I look for Chip to really double down a little bit more in that front seven, particularly on the defensive line, looking for two or three more recruits. And then I see a really nice 50-50 split next year where he's got 12 or 13 guys that are coming traditionally through high school and then another 12 or 13 through that transfer portal. And that rounds out that recruiting class of about 25. Yeah, I love the take on that. And we've talked many of times on the importance of positions when it comes to the game of football and quarterback by far and away number one. But there's a real strong case that number two is that defensive line and people yes. that directly affect the quarterback from play to play. You know, we've seen some great transfers that Chip was able to deliver, whether it was the Murphy twins or the guy I'm really high on this year, Keanu Williams next to a Jay Toya. You know, lots of pretty much our whole starting line on defense right now is transfer players. It's kind of crazy to say out loud, but he, you know, he got Grant Bucky last year, who I'm incredibly high on a guy who has a build of an Aiden Hutchinson, six foot five, 270 pounds, a former USC committed that. So a guy that I really come thinking about, you know, for the future, a high ceiling player that's really going to make some impacts for UCLA. So Grant Bucky's a guy we got to consider too. So if he can continue to address the defensive line in the recruiting, the transfer portal, it's only success for UCLA moving forward. And one of the positions that I was thinking of, Mad Mad, is wide receiver. And rumor has it that our, one of our silent commitments, we have one outstanding silent commitment right now. We've had it for almost a month for UCLA, is Sierra Canyon's very own Quasi Gilmore, an electric player in his own right, six foot two, 180 pounds from Sierra Canyon, runs smooth routes, has very underrated ball skills, and recently got knocked up to a four star recruit. I mean, this guy's got offers from Oklahoma, UCLA, Stanford. You know, we're getting these books and ball players that clearly value the academics here at UCLA, but you're also getting like Notre Dame offers from this guy in Oregon. Talk to me about Quasi Gilmer and how big it would be for UCLA to secure a four-star talent, given that we're losing the Kyle Fords. We're probably going to lose the Sturdivants. You know, TMA, Logan Loya, Cam Brown, those guys' days are numbered at UCLA. We need to get some receiving talent in for UCLA. No, Will, I mean, it, I think it's a very significant get if it happens for three reasons. Number one is you mentioned, again, the turnover. And, you know, you talked about the five guys that are more than likely not going to be on this team in the 24 season. So you need to be able to replenish. Second, I think building, again, that pipeline into Southern California powers. You and I have talked a lot about the modern days and the St. John Bosco's but the opportunity to build that pipeline with Sierra Canyon on the football side, we know UCLA has a pretty significant pipeline there on the basketball side with the likes of Amari Bailey and others, but to be able to build that other homegrown pipeline with such a decorated recruit is significant. And then the third is again, getting a four-star wide receiver out of high school 
is really a signal to the rest of Southern California that wide receivers that are highly decorated don't just go across town to USC. That's kind of been the narrative, Will, that, you know, SC kind of gets those decorated four or five star guys from wherever UCLA has to kind of rely more on building folks from the ground up using the transfer portal. If you get a guy like this, 6'2", 180, you mentioned, lightning fast. He reminds me a little bit of, of Kaz Allen, but a more refined receiver version of Kaz Allen. And, you know, just in terms of build and speed, that would just, again, be such a huge coup for Chip uh, in terms of his ability to recruit both via the transfer portal, but more traditionally. So those three reasons make this kind of particularly significant to me. And let's see, fingers crossed, Will, it, it may have already happened. May have already happened. And Ben, I was watching his seven-on-seven seven highlights. This guy can get separation, makes ridiculous catches in traffic. This would be the perfect guy for a Dante Moore yes. to lean on coming to the Big Ten play. You know, I, I'm excited about him and McClure maybe on the outside together. Yes. The future of the UCLA wide receiving room lies with Quasi Gilmore if he decides to wear the blue and gold for your UCLA Bruins. The last guy I'm going to bring up, Matt, man, this is probably the most high profile guy. There's a 72% commitment rate on 24 seven for this tailback right now. And it's Derek McFall out of Tyler, Texas fans, people who love football in general, you can hate UCLA and you listen to our podcast. Just watch this guy's highlight tape because Derek McFall, what he does on a play to play basis there is speed, and then there's world-class speed. This guy falls into the second category of that, the world-class speed. He is so fast on a football field, change of direction on a dime. And, man, if you can just add this to a rushing mind that is Chip Kelly, oh, my God, this guy's going to be a 2,000-yard rusher at the college level. Talk to me about Derek McFall. This guy is an Alabama offer, madman, and he's favored to come to our UCLA Bruins. Yeah, well, I mean, this guy kind of has a very unique skill set. I mean, you you mentioned it, 5'10", 175, can just fly, you know, on the field. And it brings kind of this dimensionality to this offense that we really haven't seen since, you know, Chip Kelly has arrived. I mean, the last time UCLA had a sub-six-foot guy that was this lightning quick. Now, that one, that guy was a little bit thicker, but it was MJD. I mean, you know, it was, was the last time we saw someone with that level of dynamism at that size. And if you think about Chip's reign here at UCLA, it's, it's really been around the bigger back, you know, whether it's Charbonnet, whether it was Kelly, whether, you know, it was Brown. You know, he had a little bit in terms of kind of the Swiss Army knife with Felton, but it's these bigger bruising backs and you're relying on that zone read game. He hasn't had that dare I say, kind of De'Anthony Thomas-like figure in the backfield, you know, at UCLA, the way he did at Oregon. And can you imagine, you know, being able to pair, you know, this kid with a hammer, you know, and, and kind of really going thunder and lightning. UCLA has never really gone pure thunder and lightning with Chip. And so it just brings a whole other dimensionality. And you, you mentioned about the weapons with, with Gilmore, with Moore, can you imagine Moore having the ability to kind of hand off to a guy who can take it to the house from 85 with any touch? And so I think there's, I think the theme here, Will, is we're starting to see Chip being able to get guys that are more explosive, that have the ability to get the bigger chunk plays. 
And it's not just relying on the seven, eight yards, the 10, 12, 14 yards, the guys that can really break a play open, break a game open and hit some home runs. And so there's a very fascinating kind of evolution, if you will, with Chip kind of going for more of these home run hitters. And, you know, let's again, well, fingers crossed here, because this would this would just solidify Chip Kelly yet again as the preeminent running mind, running offensive mind in college football, and let the whole country know, not just the West Coast know, not just the artist formerly known as the Pac-12 know, but the (laughs) entire country know that Deshaun Foster as running backs coach is the absolute real deal and one of the three to five best position coaches there is in college football. Prince and the Pac-12 both losing their names over this. I had to wear a shirt in memoriam of the Pac-12, too. I mean, Will, you, Will, do me a favor. I need you to sign that shirt that says, Will Dirty Chai Decker. You put it in a frame, and in three years, Will, you're going to be able to sell that bad boy for 150 grand. Man, well, you and I will both sign it, and we'll all put it <laughs> off uh, to the highest bidder. You know, we will send it into the stratosphere. Before I go, we are big movie guys. I saw Oppenheimer this weekend, and I was floored. I thought it was magnificent. Only complaint was it was a little too long at the end, but I loved it. Have you seen Oppenheimer yet? I yes. Guess, but and uh, I saw it. Oppenheimer over the weekend, and uh, ironically enough, I saw it at Fox Theater here in, in Westwood Village. So an absolutely phenomenal film. Christopher Nolan, yet again, is so Christopher Nolan, where he just – he breaks up time, space, you know, kind of narrative linearity in such a, a profound way. And I'll be honest with you, Will, it brought me back to, you know, his Batman series, to be honest with you. Oppenheimer, in many ways, was sort of this Batman-like figure over the course of the film. But particularly, and I'm not going to ruin it for anyone, but if you go back and look at the last seven or eight minutes of Oppenheimer, how that movie closes, the music the epicness of how it all kind of comes together. It reminds you so much of the ending of Dark Knight. It reminds you so much of, uh, you know, the third in the series. It, it just, it, it felt very Christopher Nolan. I'm super excited to see it again, frankly. It was long. You got to kind of bring, you got to bring your A game mentally and your attention to it, but it's, it's absolutely worth it. Fantastic movie, man. And, you know, it was just the big guns that came out acting wise. Like, spoiler alert, if you don't want to hear any more, you can turn it off. I'm gonna I'm gonna alert you now. Turn it off if you have not seen Oppenheimer. But man, when Gary Oldman shows up as Truman and Casey Affleck has freaking three lines, he shows up. That's an Oscar nominated actor. Yes. Up Rami Malik just won for yes. you know Bohemian Rhapsody shows up for two lines. The big guns came out, and boy, did they freaking deliver. That is everything I want in a movie packaged and more. Man, so the ending, the court cases could have been 15 minutes, and it would have been a damn near perfect film. I thought they stretched it out a little too long. To make it the same amount of time, really, as he was creating the uh, the atom bomb, if you will, I thought that was a little bit much because that's the that's the meat of the bone when it comes yes. to the Oppenheimer story. But, man, I, outside of just being a little too long, it was perfect. I give it a four out of five. Christopher Nolan, man. It's like looking at LeBron seasons. Like, the guy just does not miss. It's 27, 7, and 7 each and every year for Chris Nolan. You know what you're getting with a Chris Nolan movie, man. What's uh, Have you seen Barbie? Have you seen Barbie yet? 
And so I have not seen Barbie yet. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to see that with the wife. It was fascinating, though. I'll give you a story here on the side thriller. We get out of Oppenheimer, out of, out of Westwood Village. We're getting in the car. We drive out. We're right on the intersection of Westwood and Wilshire. We're at the red light. And we see this wave of folks, you know, in their pink and just ready to rock and roll in the Barbie. Yeah. And there's this one dude, okay, Thriller, this guy's jacked, all right? He's, he's 6'3", guy's jacked. You know, he's got facial hair. He's, he's with, you can tell it's his wife, his girlfriend, someone, very, very attractive young woman. And this dude is in like sort of a cut sleeves, sort of, you know, pink, you know, situation here. He's got like ripped shorts, jean shorts. I mean, the guys and, you know, he's wearing like- you there. Was it our friend <laughs> Russell Westbrook, you know, from UCLA? <laughs> Was it just one of his weird fits he would wear in the Oh, tunnel? my God. It would, have, it would have even made Russell proud. Let me tell you that much right now. But the guy, Thriller, he's walking. I've never seen a guy that Jack look so defeated in life. You know, he was just kind of walking there just like, you know, my girlfriend is clearly dragging me to this. And, you know, I just, I'm just not saying no, and I got to go along with it. The, the look of defeat, you know, as he was crossing the street. I mean, I had half a mind to just getting out of the car and just, you know, giving him a hug, you know. But uh, looking forward to seeing Barbie, my man. Have you seen it? I have. It's a, it's a good movie. I'm not going to say it's anywhere close to me personally as Oppenheimer. But, you know, it was, it was good. It's good just to see people at the theater again, which I'm yeah. the most excited about. Because rarely do we get a movie nowadays that – can really check all the boxes you know it can be your big 200 million dollar film but it yes. can also you know speak to the critics like you and i when it comes to the films i think it's a fitting way to end it man ucla getting a huge commitment make sure to like and subscribe make sure to follow my man jamal madney on twitter lafb jams guys it's going to be the biggest year we've ever had the bruin bible we've got some stuff up our sleeve it is a very, very exciting time to be a part of the LAFB community. So make sure you're liking, subscribing, and checking everything out. We'll be back this week, Madman. I'm thinking we got to do the offensive line preview this week. It's a last position group. We haven't done anything else. We'll kind of do our bulk on that. But outside of that, man, any parting thoughts on UCLA lighting it up on the recruiting trail once again? Brother, lighting it up on the recruiting trail yet again and excited to see where this goes. Hard to believe tomorrow is August 1st, and August is when UCLA kicks off. So there's no more months on the calendar until we see the opener, you know, a mere 26 days away. So the wait of the offseason is finally over, and I don't want to do a spoiler alert thriller, but you and I and Ryan Dyroot might need to have another emergency pod tomorrow after oh, the, yeah. this Pac-12 media meeting happens and this Arizona Board of Regents meetings happens. So stay tuned there, folks. We might have an emergency pod on our hands tomorrow. Oh, man, as the great Keith Jackson said, whoa, Nelly. <laughs> we got some good stuff coming up. Bruin Bible, we are officially out. Thank you all for listening. Once, Bruin Bible listeners, we've got a special sponsor uh, for today's episode. It is AG1. AG1 has been something that I've really enjoyed using in my spare time. 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, and whole-source food nutrients in one scoop that you can use into your water. You stir it up. I use it before my workouts, before I start my day, and it has totally given me the energy I need to do the little things in life, like going to work, 
getting extra, you know, an extra boost, a second wind, if you will, for a workout before I play pickleball with my friends. Just it puts you in a good spirit of mind and you know you're doing the healthiest possible thing by putting AG1 in your body. Make sure to check us out and get a special deal with the Bruin Bible. It's www.drinkag1.com slash Bruin Bible to get the special deal that we provide. Once again, www.drinkag1.com slash Bruin Bible to get that special deal. Now back to the Bruin Bible. 